ready to f***ing roll then. Let's go. <laughs> I, I started off that way. I like that. Let's, let's just go. We have a, a familiar guest and also um, one of my good friends who's also here to talk about something very important to Kansas City. But we have Sav Rogers and Aaron Zimmerman are here. Hi, guys. Hi. Thank Hello. you for joining. I like how you got introduced as the good friend afterthought. Yeah. <laughs> no. She's also here. Well, you haven't been on, so I had to say Sav's been on, but Aaron hasn't been on. So yeah, how do I? We know who go, the, it, it's, we know who the VIP it, is. It, it's literally nothing to do with just my stupidity and not being able to introduce people very well and uh, having lots of brain farts all the time. No, let's but, make it that I'm more important than okay. Aaron. <laughs> I like you. The equally. regular guest expert. <laughs> just here. Um, for those of you who don't know, Sav is a uh, filmmaker and director of Chasing Chasing Amy, which you have an update for us, which we will have to get to later. So do not let us forget about that. And right. Aaron's the president of KC Wift, uh, which I'm a board member of, which stands for Kansas City Women in Film and Television. So welcome. Yes, thank again. you. That sounds way more important than what I'm doing. <laughs> That's <laughs> You're the equally president. important. The president. <laughs> you're equally important. We like you equally. Um, but you're here. You know, we're going to talk about some things, some projects you guys have coming up. But we also um, want to talk about this film incentive thing that's mm-hmm. happening in the city of Kansas City. Very important to a lot of people here in the film industry. And we need some insight into what is going on because I kind of feel stupid about the whole thing. And yeah, I I get, I, I've been getting yeah. conf- a little yeah. confused. Yeah. And yeah. then there was an update over the weekend, which I'm still confused about. Yeah. Yes. So, so if you guys okay. could kind of go into what has been going on with this film incentive. We did have Steph, um, Steph Scuppum on our podcast like uh, several months ago to mm-hmm. kind of go into the state version of this. But now it's, in, it's affecting our city. Yes. So we're kind of getting mm-hmm. it on both sides. So mm-hmm. please explain like a little bit of what's going on there. Right. So... As you said, you had Stefan, and she's been working really hard. The entire office has been working really hard uh, to bring a Missouri film incentive because we are way behind everyone else at this point. So basically we have, Kansas City has a city film incentive right now that was put in about five years ago. Um, It costs $75,000 a year, which the city has been, um, you know, funding. Uh, But it brings in over $10 million a year. Uh, to our economy, and it's only growing. And especially if we can get this Missouri incentive passed, then we will be the only city in Missouri with an incentive right out the gate, so we will be the place that people go. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and if you know anything about production, actually, I didn't know this, so <laughs> and I know a lot about production. Even if you don't know about production. Uh, so even if you yeah. don't know about production, um, <laughs> almost every single big production, I think every single big film production, has the requirement of an incentive, or at least looking into incentive. So if a, a location doesn't have uh, any kind of incentive, then they just won't even look at it. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's what's been keeping us at the forefront here mm-hmm. in Kansas City. Um, so the breakdown of what has been happening, and I'll keep it as simple as possible, because I've just been trying to simplify and clarify and simplify yeah, and clarify. It's a, and it's a really complicated mm-hmm. Yeah. issue well, to try is. to clarify anyway and here's how i put it it's it's a tax rebate mm-hmm. so productions yep. will get money back for filming mm-hmm. in a certain place yep that's why i think i think 
Atlanta. I don't quote me on this. I mean, I guess you can, but uh, I'm pretty <laughs> you're, sure you're the expert right I'm now. Pretty sure so. it's a, I think it's at least 35 percent if you okay. film in the city of Atlanta. That's why Disney has a whole mm-hmm. compound mm-hmm. and why they film all their movies there mm-hmm. because they get so much money back for filming there. Tyler Perry has his studio there. Exactly, or, and mm-hmm. and what you get in return though, as the city for offering that tax rebate, is that you have tons of people coming to live and work in your city, and you have people spending money there, and it feeds tourism. Into, yeah, and it feeds into the taxes of the city, so you're making all your money back for what you're giving the production. It's a win-win. Your local economy is stimulated, and the productions are making their are you know are making a significant portion of their budget to be there back. And so that's what put, makes Kansas City a competitive market to film in. Well, yes, it's a 10% tax incentive, mm-hmm. but say, you know, you know, Missouri decides that they're going to put in a 30% tax incentive for the state. That's 45% tax right. incentive mm-hmm. to film in Kansas City that stimulates our local economy. That makes Kansas City a very desirable place to film, and it brings productions here, and it makes people spend money in Kansas mm-hmm. City, and it does well for everybody. You look at how well uh, stores that were featured on Queer Eye have been doing oh my gosh, so since well. they were featured on Queer Eye. People who come out of town to visit Kansas City will go to the spaces specifically featured on Queer Eye and that bodes well for their local businesses. I was even mm-hmm. thinking about like Tomstown Distillery and like mm-hmm. things that yeah, yeah. Like you said Queer Eye would go to and yeah. they put all over their social media and I would follow them on social media and I'm like oh I had never heard of this place right. and I'm even going to go right. and I live here so it's just they didn't People even need to be right. featured on the show. Right. It's just if those guys were out and about or if the production at all was anywhere near it, mm-hmm. like people are going there and mm-hmm. it, it's lasting effects. Like the first Queer Eye season from Kansas City came out a year ago almost, like mm-hmm. this month. Mm-hmm. And it's lasting effects, uh, which is wonderful. And I, I know that the, the main argument I've heard um, regarding the tax incentive is that people think that it's just a handout to these productions that already have a ton of money. Mm-hmm. Like, that is what I hear, and, and I, it's, that's not it It's at all. not how it works. Mm-hmm. I mean, no matter what your budget level is, it's it's never enough money, right? Right. So it's not a handout. It's an it's literally an incentive for them to come spend their money where you are. And there is a minimum. Like, there are minimums as well. Yeah. Um, so. but, I, but I also know that, you know, if, if you cut the, the 10% tax incentive here... People are not going to come here. You know, mm-hmm. our film office works very hard to get productions to come film here. And without a tax incentive, it's just not going to be doable because we're not a, we're no longer a competitive market. You know, we right now we're not competing at the same level as Atlanta or New Orleans because right. we don't have a high enough tax incentive because we don't have a state incentive. Mm-hmm. But the city incentive does wonders for Kansas City and it gives us exposure we literally couldn't afford to buy. <laughs> and we have the best film office. It's two. Yeah. It's staffed by two people. Like right. they do a lot of work on behalf of our mm-hmm. city, and mm-hmm. and so this, uh, the potential budget cuts and and reallocations and stuff like this have been pretty frustrating for us as a film community because we're like oh, we have this incentive here and we're trying to grow, but again, like Sav said, without this Kansas City incentive, we and can't. it's seventy kind of us off at the five thousand. So it's. Total what the city has seventy five thousand for the film incentive, which doesn't seem like that much when you're talking about the right. millions of dollars that we get right. in return. Um, and then the city also was was funding an additional hundred thousand dollars to the film okay. office. So one hundred and seventy five thousand dollars total to not only keep the office open, but that's also part of the city incentive yes. to bring films here. Gotcha. Yes. Okay. Um, so what we've what we've been we've been breaking down the numbers, and so hopefully this is a little helpful. One hundred and seventy five thousand total from the city, seventy five thousand which has stayed in the office of culture and creative services for them to help the film office manage the money 
and verifications and everything around the tax incentive, the film incentive uh, for Kansas City. The, the $100,000 of that $175,000 was going to the film office to help them with materials, outreach, mm -hmm. um, travel because you know the you have to go to LA to try to recruit yeah. or wherever not New even York. just LA New York they've gone yeah. all, all over the place uh, they've done they've been doing research on state incentives to try to you know make it as appealing as possible to our state to want to adopt that there's just like I said materials are a big thing I mean you you gotta pay if, if you want to be seen mm -hmm. um, and then they're also in part funded so they're in part funded by the city and then also by visit KC so visit KC is the office in which the, f the film office exists. So they are the employers of the film office. Visit KC is a contracted partner with the city. They are not a city office. Gotcha. So that's that breakdown. It's mm -hmm. city contracts, Visit KC, which has the Kansas City Film Office in it. Um, so initially, the budget proposal was cutting the full funding from directly from the city mm -hmm. to the film office, which included the film incentive, and it's also cutting out the office of culture and creative services, which hasn't been amended. Like, I think that's still what's happening mm -hmm. um, after speaking with the mayor the other day. And so they were the separate office, separate office inside of the city. Mm -hmm. um, and that is the office that helps a lot of the arts groups here. The theaters um, and yes. Yeah. Yes, there are so many different types of arts mm -hmm. <laughs> around here. Mm -hmm. um, the, and they, the community programs with right. the kids are painting. Mm -hmm. and, right, yeah. and they, they also help to bring programs here mm -hmm. as well as get Kansas City's name out. And so um, in that cut, that is the city partner to the film office that helped manage, helps right now manage the film incentive. Mm -hmm. But if they are cutting that office, uh, we need to know which office if they're going to have another office inside of the city or who it goes to because the city film incentive is an ordinance that was passed unanimously in 2016 uh, by city council and so it, it the verbiage in it has the office of culture and creative services but the verbiage would need to be updated prior to to be the film office budget not going into the, effect uh -huh. well and even then the film office really needs a partnership with the city on this mm -hmm. for it to be a legitimate tax incentive mm -hmm. um it it looks really weird and people and not legitimate if it's just the third party film office managing all of that mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. so in the proposed update uh that was released by the mayor's office friday i feel like it was years ago at this point <laughs> um he said that what they're gonna do is keep funding by to the film office by um mandating that visit kc allocate at least $200,000 at minimum to the film office. Okay. So they are... But Visit Casey is not part of the city. It's its own separate contracted thing. Right. So where, do they, where are they getting their money from? So they get... Part of, part of their funding is from the city. Okay. I don't know how much of that that is because I've been very focused on the film office itself and mm -hmm. not Visit Casey as a whole. Mm. Um, so basically what the... <laughs> What the city is doing is saying, hey, we're giving you an increase by telling the Visit KC office, KC office how to spend their money. But it's still a direct cut of city funds. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, so if Visit KC is already partially funding the film office mm -hmm. and the city's partially film funding the film office and the city is taking theirs away and mandating Visit KC. Give their money to yes, the film office. Yes, it's still 
it's still from that same pool that was partially. So it is, in effect, a cut. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if there's no city partner and if there isn't money living in the city, uh, in a city office, then how is it a film incentive from the city? Then that cuts the film incentive. Yeah. So we're still working on logistics as a movement. I've been really active in the Keep Casey Filming movement. Mm-hmm. Uh, so has SAV. Uh, we have a really good group of people, a community rallying around all of us. We've got a petition going right now um, that I think has close to 3,000 signatures at this point. Mm-hmm. We're just trying to get the attention of the city and the mayor to keep clarifying for us. So I was able to talk to him in person and get a couple of things clarified the other day. But then after that, um, he's very active on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And so I was also trying to do these number breakdowns um, like on Twitter so more people can understand. And his response to one of my tweets yesterday or the day before was that they are taking $200,000 from the Visit KC budget to give directly to the film office, which is not what he's been saying before. Yeah. So now we're more confused than ever. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to, we're still trying to figure out um, as a community, and I'm sure people in the Visit KC office and, and you know, uh, people who are actually in it are also trying to clarify. So where is this money coming from? Clarify, yeah. clarify. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So what exactly are you saying? Is it mandated from that office or is it coming directly mm-hmm. from... Regardless, there is a cut there uh, that they are trying to say is actually an increase of $25,000 when in reality it is not. It's not. Yeah. And I, you know, I I know we want to keep all the messaging positive, right? Yep. But I also think as a filmmaker, you know, and as somebody who would like to work in this city and would like to bring productions back to the city at a certain point, because I'm able to work in New York and L.A. a lot. Um, I would like to bring any original productions back into Kansas City Mm -hmm. when I have a budget high enough to do it, which I think in the next few years will be a realistic goal. And I can't bring back productions here if I can't convince whoever's paying for the production that this is a good investment. Yeah. And I think well, it's short-sighted. Why? When you not- say, like, oh, it's going to be cheaper if you do it here, so why would we could do it in Kansas City? Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's a, I think it's a short-sighted investment in our, you know, our local talent. Mm-hmm. And also, like, why do you not want other people's money? Yeah. I don't, I <laughs> yeah. don't understand it. I, it, I mean, it brings I, in so much money for the city. Why is this on the chopping block? And I, under- I feel like we had really good momentum, too. I feel like we were starting to get see those big right. players coming into Kansas City wanting mm-hmm. to do things here but then saying well that's n- not all the money's there yet so yeah. they're going to pull back on that and if there's nothing then well, we've we, lost a lot of momentum. I've heard showrunners like I've been at events with showrunners who come to Kansas City and people who have the power to bring productions here and they will say when the Missouri incentive happens mm-hmm. we can yes. talk mm-hmm. we can so talk about building people. something here and if you completely you know cut the legs out from under us we, we don't have anything to stand mm-hmm. on. We don't have anything to show for ourselves. And another big appeal, I think, of coming to Kansas City is how amazing our film office is. Mm-hmm. I know so that when I refer someone to Steph and Rachel, that they are in the best possible hands. It's never even like a second thought that they won't follow through. Yeah. They mm-hmm. won't do something. Mm-hmm. They're two of the most incredible people I've ever mm-hmm. met. And they're so capable and they're so qualified. And so to see their jobs threatened, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's disheartening because mm-hmm. they build so much goodwill on a national level, yeah. international level sometimes, for Kansas City. You know, they have a presence at Sundance every year, mm-hmm. and they are making connections, and they are, you know, they are connecting with filmmakers, and they, are, they keep these m- 
connections to Missouri and from the Kansas side of the KC metro area alive and well, and they connect with these people, and they make sure that they remember that Kansas City has a film office and that Kansas City would like their productions and that they want to partner with them and work with them and bring, you know, incredible, you know, uh, money to the city of Kansas City. And so it just seems silly a little bit to put something that actually makes the city money Mm -hmm. on the chopping block Mm -hmm. that could help fund some of these other government incentives. Yes. Yeah. And, and all of these relationships they've built, whether it's with a production that has chosen to film in Kansas City or not, are super important. So right now, I I think, I don't know when this comes out, but the newest uh, season of Fargo is set Mm -hmm. in Kansas City. Mm -hmm. And so they worked really closely with them, trying to get them to come to Kansas City. Oh, I think they wanted to, too, didn't they? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But we need the additional help of a Missouri film Mm -hmm. incentive. Mm -hmm. However, again, if the Kansas City film incentive didn't exist, they wouldn't have even talked with our film office. Yeah. But they do have that relationship now, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with they've been building them with networks, with, you know, streaming services, with everyone so that they know that this is our goal. Please come back because we're here mm-hmm. and people lo- people love it when they come here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's affordable. There's a lot of room for growth. We have all kinds of backdrops around the city and region. And I mean, yeah, your yeah. cityscape, your farm, your right. just you about everything. 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 And you can see that in Queer Eye in the two seasons mm-hmm. that were filmed here. Like, it's very much in front of you. You get, of course, the downtown cityscape in almost every episode, but then you get everything else and you get all kinds of people. Um, and Queer Eye, what Queer Eye has done for us as a city is invaluable in so many ways, but especially in the marketing. Um, I was informed that we had, based on, because of Queer Eye, we had over 600 million social media hits uh, to our. Uh, Kansas City um, online presence. And that doesn't even include, so those are just online hits. So that does not include in-person people traveling here, mm-hmm. what people are purchasing online from our stores. And that also doesn't include how many views there were of the show in the 190 countries mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. Queer Eye is in. Um, and when I, was living, when I was living in L.A., there was a fundamental difference pre-Queer Eye uh, to post queer eye. Oh, for sure. On the mm-hmm. questions that I got about being from Kansas yeah. City, yeah. Oh, no people doubt. could watch. No that. doubt, they people could watch that and understand where I was from. Mm-hmm. There's very little representation for Kansas City in the national, international media, and so to see Kansas City portrayed as a real place and not what people I think assume it is. It was a farm town. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. people think it's you know, uh, from what I understand and the impressions that people seem to get from me uh-huh. when I was talking about it. I assume I grew up on you know yeah, a, a farm, farm somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I say I'm from Kansas City now, they're like, oh, I saw that on Queer Eye. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I saw that. Right. And, and it provides a level of education to people that like, oh, this is a city I might want to spend time in or it, move to. Exactly. I mean, right. anytime you can get somebody saying that is not what I was expecting, and maybe I don't want to live in a huge big city on a coast somewhere. Maybe mm-hmm. I want to try that. I mean, that's just much more of them, you know, trying to come here rather than like a Cleveland or and with <laughs> a state incentive, Cincinnati combined yeah. with the city incentive, people will move to Kansas City and also move back. Mm-hmm. to Kansas yes. City. Mm-hmm. There are yes. countless people I know who have worked in production that when, when that Missouri, uh, you know, uh, incentive went away, they went to Atlanta, they went to New Orleans, they mm-hmm. went to somewhere else that they were getting more work in because there was not a sustainable amount of work anymore for film and television here anymore. You know, Kansas City is a good commercial market, Yep. but the, if you just want to work in film and television here, it's not sustainable mm-hmm. to uh, just live, you know, right. in Missouri right now. Having the state and city incentive 
will bring work here. Mm -hmm. That is a guarantee. Well, and already the city incentive, along with our very strong film office, are two of the main reasons that I've been able to stay in Mm -hmm. Kansas City. I left. I, like, for college, I was like, I'm getting out of here. Mm -hmm. And I came home, and it was just, I mean, it's this city for the arts. And I was like, I I think I could stay here, and I'd like to. I mean, my family's here. And it has, like, the city incentive so far has kept some people here. It's kept them working Mm -hmm. in more than, like, we love our independent film community, uh, and we love to be making uh, money with it. Mm -hmm. But the Missouri incentive will definitely help Mm -hmm. with that. Um, But the city incentive has really, like, it has kept people here. And if it's if it's just kibosh, if they put the kibosh on it, I don't know. I mm-hmm. don't know. Mm-hmm. It's what a happens? Big, big mm-hmm. question mark. And and I was actually listening to NPR yesterday, mm-hmm. um, where we had a representative from Arts Arts KC on mm-hmm. there, and they were talking about how uh, when it comes to jobs, um, the arts is the third uh, third biggest employer. So mm-hmm. you have film and the arts, which are both on the chopping block in the proposed budget. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like they provide over 9,000 jobs in this city. And so I'm not saying that those jobs will go away, but we know at least at this point that the jobs in the Office of Culture and Creative Services would be going away. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a handful already right out the gate. Um, but, yeah, if we if we don't have the incentive here to bring people here and we're just not going to have as much work. And I would And I would implore people to consider the fact that Yes, there are other important issues that are on the chopping block right here. But, you know, uh, issues of people in poverty who need support. But these are not mutually exclusive issues. Mm-hmm. A lot of artists are living below the poverty line. Sure. A lot of people whose jobs and livelihoods are being threatened right now are also people who could benefit mm-hmm. from uh, the Bill of Tenants' rights being enforced. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, people who could benefit from Children's Mercy retaining their funding. Yes. These issues all intertwine with each other. And so when we're thinking about prioritization of these things, really, I think we should consider, well, what is going to help fund these those other programs? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. And also consider the people who are dealing with the potential loss of career in Kansas City if this tax incentive goes away. Well, because that is a very real threat. Not yes. only would those dollars help with other programs but you know say some ceo of some you know mid-level company is looking for a place to relocate and if kansas city you know is out in the news and on these shows that might trigger him to say well maybe i want to open it there Mm -hmm. right so it's it could also attract you know other businesses that would bring jobs here in addition for you know arts as a whole um, I have been to all of the budget hearings that they've had over the last couple of weeks. Um, I've gotten to give my testimony and listen to everyone else. And a big thing, in addition to the film incentive really helping boost the economy and being able to help fund all of these other really important initiatives and give back to the city, it's uh, film and the arts, and I'm sorry that I'm grouping the arts, <laughs> but they are they're proven to help uh, thing, things like mental health and things of that nature. Because mm. if you have the creative outlet, mm-hmm. um, then honestly, it saves lives. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, no, you're not and, wrong. And we're a very welcoming community, and we want people to come for you know whether it's a creative outlet or learning something or you know trying to find people to uh, a group to belong to, a community to belong to. That's what mm-hmm. we, yes. If I may interject, oh, of course, um, of course, always. I mean. You know, I, I sent the mayor my TED Talk, and, like, not not for, like, a self-aggrandizing purpose, but the reason, not to be too dark on this, because I know this is a fun show, and that, you know... Have it's not always fun. It's, <laughs> but, 
I mean, the reason that I'm still around, the reason that I'm alive is because I saw a movie mm-hmm. that made me want to stay alive. And your mm-hmm. film could do that for somebody else. Yes. And so I, I would challenge anybody who thinks that we should cut the film office. I would challenge them to go 30 days without mm-hmm. having any sort of entertainment. Right. Mm-hmm. You Nothing cannot, to watch. Don't listen to a podcast. Don't read a book. Don't listen to an audiobook. Don't watch a movie. Don't watch a TV show. Mm-hmm. Don't watch YouTube. Don't watch anything that's entertaining or brings you joy. Yeah. What happens to your life yeah. if you feel no joy mm-hmm. in those things? It's not a sustainable way to live. And oh. things that make us happy and bring us joy are just as valuable as having good roads and infrastructure. Mm-hmm. And if the things that bring us joy can help fund filling some of the potholes in this city, <laughs> then I say we, we go for it. Yeah. I agree. Well, I appreciate you guys educating on that. Like, the next question is, though, so people listening to this podcast that care about this issue, what what is... What are they tasked to do? What do we need to do? What can they do? So, um, first of all, come out uh, whenever we have any film organizations or production organizations or whatever uh, with our community. Come out to those events. A lot of them are free. Uh, A lot of them are there for you to get to know everyone. Uh, A lot of us are now as educated as we can be on what's going on in the city. Uh, So, if you have any questions, come out. Um, I know at the time of... of, uh, Recording this, we have an event tonight, and so we have all kinds of stuff going on. But if you are just like, you know, just to make things as accessible as possible, right now we have a change.org petition that you can find on Facebook, uh, on Twitter. It's kind of everywhere. We're on Twitter at Casey, Keep Casey Filming. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you could write and or call uh, your city council people and the mayor. Uh, I know in our Facebook group, which is open to all supporters um we have all kinds of resources including a list of all of all of the handles for all the city council people and mayor so that if you're tweeting you can tweet at Mm -hmm. them uh, as well as all of their contact information um we like i said we had there were three budget hearings we had a really good turnout at all of those but at this point it's having your individual voice heard um and even sharing on social media like sav just said he shared his ted talk by tweeting at the mayor. Um, and the mayor is very responsive. Mm-hmm. Um, he has yet to respond to my TED Talk. <laughs> <laughs> so retweet the TED Talk <laughs> at the mayor. That's something what, serious. Do we know, mm-hmm. is there a deadline? Do we know when his final budget is going to be? Their vote is on March 26th. March 26th, okay. So we're, we're trying, weeks. trying to get a real solid plan or amendment and know what the plan is mm-hmm. made prior to that. So we'll be working pretty hard, but like I said, we do have a change.org petition. Every every name counts on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everywhere. So if anyone, anywhere who is listening, who is, who is a fan of film and accessibility mm-hmm. to this art form here in the Midwest, as well as loves Kansas City and wants to see more of it everywhere and doesn't want to be known as the flyover state or Which city I, anymore. I feel like that's and everybody. I mean, who, right. who, who, right. who wouldn't want that? Right. <laughs> you know, who well, doesn't want more stuff clarification, please, please yeah. reach out to us. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to help educate people on what we know when we know it. So we're going to keep trying to find clarification. Well, think about how, how much Kansas City has developed because of 
Mm-hmm. The arts yep. and entertainment, and I'm from here, mm. and I know you said you were from here and, and lived around here. And think about how much has changed I over know. the last like ten years, and think about the heart of Kansas City and what entertainment and arts is to us. And to just, I don't want to go dark, but to have it ripped out of the soul of Kansas City, it would be nothing. We right. would be nothing without this. So it's important, and so I hope everyone listening understands how important this is. Right. Amen. We want to be represented. Yeah, we're we're there. We don't want it to get taken away from us. I, I, no, I definitely don't want. I, I mean, I, sorry, I said it we. just it brings me <laughs> much. Don't. It brings me much joy. It brings Sarah me much joy. Definitely wants it taken <laughs> away. I, I, yeah, yeah. I, I, I have uh, ulterior motive, but I mean, <laughs> I just think of stupid things like people clapping in you know my hometown of Wichita Theater when Captain Kirk they said he was a Missouri boy, or you know watching right. Better Call Saul last night and he put a Missouri license plate on his car, and yeah. Yeah. just like dumb things like any time I hear Kansas City in a movie or tv show or you know see the other day the guns akimbo um trailer yeah, the, there they use stock footage of a skyline and somebody saw it and was like that was kansas city i'm like no way they didn't even film that here ben but Affleck I know, said kansas they, in the, in the trailer like for tiny the, the way back things like hey. and those are so dumb but it's like <laughs> imagine if all those things were actually filmed here right we right. are the show me state i mean like, we want to show it's people incredible. what we sure. are and, and for the Surely. record the last movie to film in Missouri <laughs> with the Missouri state incentive. Was Gone Girl. Was Gone Girl. Yeah. yeah. That got nominated for Oscar for an Oscar. It should have yeah. been nominated for more. Uh, yeah. For an Oscar fam. That is publicity that you cannot mm-hmm. buy, uh-huh. but you can incentivize to get them to come there yep. and set the damn production in well, Missouri. Even, yeah, and yeah. The, the clarification on that real fast is that we used to have a Missouri film incentive. We right. did, and we were one of the first incentives outside of Los Angeles. And then everybody Canada did it. And, and everybody and Atlanta, did it. And everyone else got on board, and then they were competing with each other. So they were raising them, and we just sat here. And now look at Toronto. They have a prince and prince living there because of that thing. <laughs> she went and worked on suits in Toronto. <laughs> and then before Gone Girl, like Winter's Bone. We blew it. Prince Harry could have been living in Kansas City. Somewhere in Missouri. A yes. lot goes to Arkansas Ozark. and Atlanta. Uh, Arkansas uh, has a center? My goodness. Well, yeah. I, I don't know if it's that good. But on top of that, the, um, like, sharper objects. Sharp mm-hmm. objects. Sharp so objects, yeah. Sharp Chris objects. Messina was named Kansas City on that show, and it was set in Missouri, and they did not film here because no, we he, didn't have a state built, incentive. He, they built an entire town. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he told us, or Steph told us the story on when she was here that uh, the, the, the showrunner, John mm-hmm. Mark, mm-hmm. he said that, like, just so you know, we considered it but because there was no incentive we right. we couldn't we couldn't make it happen mm-hmm. which is that sad. whole thing is set in missouri there well, is a Fargo, character literally three. named Ozark. kansas city right. they would yeah. not have yeah. had to build an entire no that's All what i heard about Ozark. i thought yeah. that they came here and scouted everything and then they, they just did. recreated everything mm-hmm. and like because mm-hmm. they have it's to. too bad yeah okay Sarah's done. No, I have, I have more questions. Oh, okay. No. I have more questions. Rain us in. I'm just a, yeah. No, I'm 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 not trying to rein anybody in. Think, no, but I you, think, you I think should. We're rowdy. This is a, We're rowdy. This is an interesting thing that yes. people who love film and TV should care about, and I'm sure they do. And we just need to raise a ruckus to try to get this passed. Um, so, I mean, when we kind of talked about this a little bit, but like, how how is that going to affect your work if it does? go away totally or even just explain why it's important to you as a filmmaker yeah. in general it is so important to me that this is a sustainable uh town to film things in you know i 
I would like to have a TV show or a movie that I bring back here and employ the people that I've come up with mm-hmm. and that I care about. And I would like to be able to do that, but I cannot do that. I cannot justify it to whoever is paying for the project that this is a better way to go about it than if I'm getting 35% back in another, you know, city. I can't, I, it's, it's a, it's a numbers game, right? Mm-hmm. And as much as I love Kansas City, I cannot come back here and film as much as I love it if I cannot justify the budget because mm-hmm. there are a ton of people who would like to make money on this. There are a ton of people that would like to, that I would love to employ, but I also have friends in other markets and cities and, you know, there are talented crews all over the world. But I can justify coming back to Kansas mm-hmm. City if there is money to be made here yeah. and, and that I can justify it to if I'm working for a studio or a streaming service or something. But it's just not – I don't have that kind of power, mm-hmm. you know, even as a filmmaker. Even if I say I really want to film in Kansas City, if it's, if it's going to cost more money and I can't, you know, do the things that the medium calls for if I have to cut, enti- you know, an entire, you know, part of, like, the budget. Like, mm-hmm. it's just not sustainable. Mm-hmm. And so the, a big part of this is sustainability and bringing work here. Mm-hmm. But also, you know, I love Kansas City. I would – my dream has always been to bring movies back here and TV shows back here once I was able to do that. But I'm not going to be able to if the government does not prioritize mm-hmm. Kansas City or Missouri at large or Kansas at large. Yeah. I can't do that if they don't even prioritize it themselves. Mm-hmm. Right. And the steps here are evidently keep Kansas City filming mm-hmm. first, keep our incentive, and and at the same time, get Missouri filming, for Missouri. you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then after that, the plan has always been once Missouri is there to start helping Kansas mm-hmm. and working mm-hmm. with Kansas because we all obviously work so close together. Um, and a lot of, uh, a lot of productions who come to Missouri spend their money in Kansas as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. that's, that's like the game plan if we can keep it here in Kansas city. And, and for me, I haven't I haven't personally made one of my own films in a while. It's it's coming though. Yeah. Um, but running this nonprofit, uh, I know this is in my head. I'm like this is really bad of me to think. But if we don't have that incentive, the Kansas City incentive at least, for me in my head, it kind of delegitimizes the work that I've been doing with this nonprofit. It feels like even though yes, it's full of professionals and people who are training to be professional. We also have hobbyists. But it feels then at that point like it's this is just a creative nonprofit that we put together so that we could make some independent work that doesn't really pay anyone, but just because mm-hmm. we have these ideas. And there is legitimacy to that. But still, for me, it's just like we don't have this incentive mm-hmm. to support and these other productions to support and and this booming industry that we can show, you know, young people and, and people at all stages of life that they can be a part of. I, well, and also for, for filmmakers, why would you work, want to work in a town that does not support your industry? Mm-hmm. 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 Why would you want that? It's going to make things harder. It's going to, if you have a film office yeah, I mean, that's you supporting go where the work you goes. and assisting. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. If you have a film office that's supporting you and assisting you the way that the Kansas City Film Office currently supports and assists all of its productions, mm-hmm. that makes your life infinitely easier. It makes location scouting easier. It makes everything about the production process easier. And we're talking about high-level productions here that qualify for this incentive. You have yes. to... I think you have to spend at least $150,000 on, on your production. If you're doing a feature. Yeah, if you're doing a feature. and then It's 50000 for a television show or commercial. Like, yeah. there are different. You can find that online. Don't. Yes. <laughs> yes. Please look for that. But you're dealing with a, a consequential amount of money here. 
And if you're able to make that money back, and if you're able to spend that money in a market that cares about film and prioritizes film, that makes all the difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so why would I want to make a movie in a city that is sh- fundamentally shown that it does not care if I'm there? Sure. Yeah. Why would I want to spend that money there? It's a big downer. Yeah. And another piece to this film incentive, I, I highly encourage everyone to read the ordinance, the Kansas City Film Incentive Ordinance. You can find it just by Googling that. That's how I found it. Um, but there is a piece to it where each uh, production, in order to qualify, so in- including that minimum spend and some other things, they also have a a public service, basically, like a community service part of it. And so Kansas City Women in Film and Television was very lucky to be reached out to um, and b- take part in that with the Queer Eye producers um, because a lot of that production team was female and female identified. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we benefited from that and we were able to bring to our community and to you know new community members access to these producers for one night and they told us so much it was an amazing I was there event mm-hmm. great that I was mean, my first you Casey Wift event what a great mm-hmm. way to be introduced yep. <laughs> um and we want that we want they have to get out into the community like that is a part of this incentive they really built it very smartly obviously it was voted on unanimously by city council in 2016 including so. Mayor Quentin Lucas yes <laughs> interesting yes. Hmm. so that's okay. What I got there. Thank you, guys. Um, let's shift a little bit to okay. uh, you're doing a panel at Comic Con, Sav. Oh yeah. So we want to hear Comic-Con. about that. Oh yeah. So I've asked uh, my dear friend Erin here to oh, moderate. Dear, yes. Dear friend. Uh, I dear friend. My dear. She's my dear friend. Well, Uh-oh. now she's mine. <laughs> Battle Royale. <laughs> um, I think we can share. Um, no. I so I reached out to uh, Chris Jackson at Planet Comic Con, who's the head of it, and I was like, Hey, uh, you know, I don't see a film panel here. I'd really love to shine a spotlight on the work that some Kansas City filmmakers are doing uh, here, but also on a national level. And so um, I reached out and I, and I put together a panel and there's some guests TBD, but Erin uh, will be moderating it. She's a wonderful moderator. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, I've, I've reached out to Patrick Ray, um, who has agreed to it. He's mm-hmm. has an accomplished uh, career in genre filmmaking, but he's also made family films. He's also uh, directed, written, and edited for television. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've also reached out to Michelle Davidson, who a lot of mm-hmm. people know mm-hmm. from... Uh, also a podcast friend of ours. Yeah, yes. she's been on this. <laughs> yes, uh, you know, being on TV here in Kansas City, but also mm-hmm. she's an accomplished screenwriter. She came in second at the Austin Film Festival mm-hmm. this last year. Uh, you've seen her on things like House of Cards mm-hmm. and uh, Halt and Catch Fire. Um, she was know, on Mindhunter, right? Yeah, Mindhunter, mm-hmm. too. I remember seeing her. I was like, oh, my God, that's mm-hmm. my friend. She was um, also president of Kansas City Women in Film and Television. See? And I mean, and so you have these people with different experience levels, um, you know, who are going to be on the panel. And, um, you know, I've got a couple people that I'm waiting to hear back on that um, I think can provide a really rich um you know, points of view on everything. Mm-hmm. So the idea is to engage with the community, people who maybe want to be filmmakers who are interested in it, or people who are filmmakers themselves that are looking to learn more, and to have a panel of people who have a, a variety of different experiences to come out and, and get to chat with them and hear, you know, their points of view on the industry and working in Kansas City, but also outside of Kansas City and what the difference is. Um, and, and that's on Sunday? That's on Sunday, March 22nd at 3.30 p.m. We're going to close out Planet Comic Con. Nice. Um, So I would love it if people wanted to come hang out. Uh, It's going to be a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm really stoked. 
Awesome. And that's before the final vote of the board, which is kind of convenient. Cause yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll talk about Keep Casey filming and sure. all that. Um, you know, Farron's moderating. I'm sure she'll have some questions I about mean, that. That's, uh, that's really good that you took the initiative to do that, and that you noticed that there wasn't anything yeah, on the agenda and made that happen. Yeah, I mean, a, a big thing that's really important to me is trying to create my own opportunities, and it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, like, you know, uh, uh, I've, I think it's just important to try to ask for what you want, and I wanted to... Uh, try to you know have a community-based event at, at planet comic-con something that's entirely you know it's i would call it a media con uh mm-hmm. you know because it's really um based in a lot of like celebrity aspects of it and talking about that and it's like well we you know uh, kevin wilmot won an oscar <laughs> right. you know? mm-hmm. um you know there there's sustainable work being done in kansas city and, and i'm really proud of our film community and i wanted to select a panel of people who represented a ton of different experiences uh to talk about uh living and working in this area and uh, what it means to them to be from Kansas City and, and to make rad stuff. Awesome. Can you get into that panel with just a, a normal Comic-Con pass, or do you have to have Absolutely. Okay, cool. Yeah. So Good if, to you're, know. if you're going to Planet Comic-Con on, on Sunday, March 22nd at 3.30 p.m., you should come <laughs> hang out with us. And Aaron, do you want to talk about the Bargain Mansions event that we have coming up on Wednesday? Yes. Yes. So on Wednesday, March 11th, from 7.30 to 9 p.m. at Screenland Tapcade, we have a panel of people who work on... Uh, Bargain Mansions coming in to talk to us all about their experience and it is led by one of their producers who's apparently like one of the leads. I did not put this event together as you can tell. I'm excited for it mm-hmm. though. Uh, but she is a woman and mm-hmm. we love that. We love that. We yes, love we do. supporting uh, female It's just a good way. Like if you're, I mean, we all watch those reality shows and those makeover shows and it's like really cool to get a kind of behind the scenes, you know, insight into like how they put those together. So. Right. And it's open Anybody to the public mm-hmm. and it's free. And if you want to buy a drink and, you know, dinner or something, go and join for Casey it. Wift. Yeah. 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 Join Casey Wift. Yeah. Come out. How easy is it for about. people to get involved with Casey Wift? Oh, so easy. It's so easy. I say easy. that and then I'm like. You can go on caseywith.com and learn a little bit about us. We're more mm-hmm. active on Facebook than on our website, mm-hmm. just to be honest. <laughs> um, but we're out and about all the time. Um, and we have at least one event that we are either partnering with or leading per month. So we're really excited about that. Uh, yeah. You know, Sav has something to add. Well, and may I just say, you don't have to be a girl no, to be involved with Casey no, Wift. I was, on the, I was on the board for a couple of years as the student rep when I was mm-hmm. in college. Um, and they're extremely supportive of people from all different backgrounds. Um, tons of men are involved yep. with Casey. We Whip. welcome men, uh, mm-hmm. non-binary uh, folks as well. So I'm just saying, like, it's a very supportive community event. So you don't, if you're not a girl, that doesn't mean you're not <laughs> involved. It just centers on uh, the marginalized experience. So if you're down to learn some stuff, yes, thank there you, you. go. Well, I, I want a T-shirt. I want one of those yeah. big Kansas City film. I've Twenty-five seen those dollars. <laughs> yeah. Where where bucks? where do I buy Aren't one of those? Because I think I saw something. Yeah, yeah. I'm upping the yeah. price. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just, yeah. just now. <laughs> so these Keep Casey filming shirts are ten dollars. Uh, we have the link kind of everywhere right now. You'll be able to find it on our Twitter, the Keep Casey filming Twitter, also in the Keep Casey filming Facebook group. Um, it's. I'll put it on my personal everything, but you'll be able to find it. They're I'll just send $10. you the link. Please. Ten bucks, we'll get and, you one, and they yeah. can Amazing. be in the show we'll notes, get you right? I do not right. own one, and it's only because <laughs> yes. I never okay. wear t-shirts. <laughs> right? I oh, literally wait. never Justin wear t-shirts. Hold on. Can I we talk almost. about that no, for a second? <laughs> they're they're uncomfortable. How do you never? That is all I know how to wear. I yeah, I only wear. I cannot stand t-shirts. I don't like how they fit me. Yeah, I always feel like they're a little uncomfortable. 
That is fascinating. I have a drawer full of t-shirts that I never I'll, I will wear. teach you how to shrink because I wear medium. No, so I don't wear shrink medium <laughs> if I want, to get it. I need a size. big one for it to be comfortable, I feel like. No, I <laughs> love I that. I have, never, I have never I like met a, a person who said, I don't, like I don't wear t-shirts. Yeah. I don't. I Just really, be, that's so I inter- don't like them. It's so different from huh. my life experience, though, because that's all it's I like own. like what you live <laughs> <laughs> That's what Justin lives in. He wears a t-shirt every single day. I Wow. I mean, I wear them occasionally. I prefer not to. I will say you are better dressed than both me and Justin. That's true. <laughs> that is very true. Yeah. Well, I have a wedding to go to later. Oh, um, can I have a, Can we have an update on Chasing Chasing Amy? Yes. Yeah, man. Uh, so we're now in post for Chasing Chasing Amy. If you listen to episode 100, which I highly <laughs> encourage you to do. Thank you for putting me on such an easy episode to remember. Yeah. Uh, we talked about Chasing Chasing Amy. We've shot a lot since then. And uh, now we're in post-production. We have a little more to film. But it's not so much that we can't get started on our edit, and uh, we're hoping to have first cut done pretty soon here. And uh, documentary editing is super involved and mm-hmm. super painstaking, but we've got a really great team, and uh, I feel really lucky that we're already in post. And you know, documentaries can drag on for you know years and years, maybe even a decade sometimes. And I feel really lucky that we've had such an expedited process because we've had you know such a focus on the vision and we've had such a great team to mm-hmm. keep things moving along so really stoked to be in post for it so the good news is so you don't have a release date yet and that's probably good because of the coronavirus so then you have to <laughs> yeah. push things back <laughs> like other movies that I was really wanting to see Chris we're, is really upset yeah, but we're really hoping to have it out in uh, 2021 Precise. so I'm, I'm super jazzed about it so you know that's too long from now yeah, yeah. I know it's a long time to wait I mean, it feels like such a short period of time. You know, I'm like, oh my god. When you're thinking about the edit and everything, yeah, yeah I'm sure you're like, because it's so involved so and we have together. so much footage. It's, I know. it's such an involved process, and uh, I don't know so, how you're going to wade through that and pick what you want to use and what you're not going to want to use. Honestly, we have a great post team, so the documentary editing process is like just a lot of transcripts and watching all the footage that you have and kind of just making uh, decisions. But we have such a, like a, a smart team, so like everybody who's a producer on it, I'm like, okay, look at the transcripts. Here's what I've highlighted. If there's something that's interesting to you that has not been highlighted please let me know mm-hmm. and tell me why you think it's compelling and me also being in chasing chasing amy has to make me extra uh self-aware yeah. of like okay these people are going to see stuff that i think is terrible but they're probably yeah, going to think it's compelling mm-hmm. um because i'm too close to it so how, about how long does it take through the the first process of yeah. making a film to actually like see it from beginning to end for a documentary yes because a narrative is much quicker because mm-hmm. you have a script, you have a mm-hmm. blueprint, and mm-hmm. we are designing the blueprint right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will let you know when I have an answer. Because <laughs> <laughs> this is my first feature, so sure. I'm, uh, but I'm excited. Nice. Yeah. Um, is your post-production crew here? No. Uh, so they're a Texas-based okay. uh, crew. They're called Film Exchange. And I actually met them through uh, doing independent film festivals. Uh, I met Anthony Padoni, who uh, is the... Uh, founder of the Victoria, Texas Independent Film Festival, and I had a short there years ago, and so when I uh, released the TED Talk, he reached out to me and was like, this is amazing, I want to hear more about Chasing Chasing Amy, we were both living in LA at the time, we met up, and then months later I was like, oh, I need I need things to happen, because it was our first interview with mm-hmm. Kevin, and I had nothing, mm-hmm. um, and he was like, I got you, I got a ton of gear, I got all this stuff, like, let's work together, and I was like, That's absolutely. Awesome. So are you going to have to be traveling to Texas a lot for... Um, we will see. We will see. Uh, like, it's it's a weird thing, but they're a Texas-based LLC, but they're working a lot in L.A. right now, so it's like they're back and forth between Texas and L.A., so it'll be either going to uh, Victoria, Texas, or uh, Los Angeles, so cool. we okay. will see. Nice. Screen it or scream it. Yes, we want to know. 
from you guys. Okay, Aaron, you go first. I talk a lot. <laughs> I don't have my idea yet. This is like when I ordered a restaurant. You go first. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, my 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 screen it. Mm-hmm. I know what it is, but go ahead. Birds of prey, man. <laughs> I've seen it four times now. Four times. Four times. I saw it twice in New York when I was there for an Amy shoot, and then uh, twice in Kansas City. Question. Yes. If Margot Robbie was not in it, would you have seen it four times? I think so. It's really good. I mean, like, definitely her being Harley Quinn, because I thought Suicide Squad, to put it uh, generously, I thought it kind of wasted some opportunities for some mm. really great character work, you know, uh, with Will Smith as, as Deadshot and, uh, you know, Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. I only say that because I know how much you love Margot Robbie. Well, mm. it's so only like, because she's in great things. <laughs> but yeah. she's incredible yeah. in all of the things. So yeah. what am I supposed I, I to do? I totally agree with you. <laughs> like, I was talking to Justin before we were recording, and I was like, I totally understand now why film Twitter is obsessed with Margot Robbie yeah. and Saoirse Ronan because they're great yeah. in everything. Yeah. There, there's yet to not very be a versatile. banger. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and Margot Robbie's production company is making really interesting stuff that mm-hmm. she's not really like in, but she's producing like Promising Young Woman. I'm so excited to see it. Mm-hmm. And I was so bummed I missed it at Sundance, but no, I mean Birds of Prey is just like Kathy Yan as the director, Matthew Lebetique as the cinematographer. I mean, they create such a like a cool vibe mm-hmm. and world. But also, you can't not credit Margot Robbie for her performance for Harley Quinn. And I will say, there are two actors who have won for playing the Joker at the Academy Awards. And I think it is asinine <laughs> that we do not give the same consideration yeah. to Margot Robbie for Harley <laughs> Quinn. Because it's You're so saying her performance in Birds of Prey should win an Oscar. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Absolutely. <laughs> that. Well, I don't know what's coming out later this year, and frankly, <laughs> I don't care. Um, she should have won for I, Tanya, in my humble opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, just because that I, Tanya was, was incredible. I, it's, it was. A, it's an incredible movie. And there's so many parallels between Birds of Prey and I, Tanya. Okay. So the fact that you three have not <laughs> seen it. Aaron, have you seen it? It wasn't a priority no, for me. You were the president I of Casey Wift? I have movie in a long time. Can we have like a it's group bad. screening? I will yeah. see yes. with you ASAP. I'll go, yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. I'm, okay. not saying, I'm not saying I don't want to see it. I'm just, not avoiding I it. I just wasn't. I feel like I'm overhyping it now, though. No, like, I don't, yeah. But <laughs> Maybe. I, I, I said really, Margot Robbie's going to win. Once should win no, 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 no. Okay, here's the thing, though. Because I think that, I think Harley Quinn's a much more interesting character than the Joker. Yeah. To mm-hmm. go from. I agree. To go, to go through the transition that Harley Quinn goes through, like, in the comic books. Like, mm-hmm. what, what uh, Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor did with that character in the comic books resonates so much in Birds of Prey. And I also love the source material, so mm-hmm. maybe I'm biased in that way. Like, I don't know I read, anything about the source material. Like, I, I know I re- she fell in love with them and like kind of went crazy, and then that, that's it. So <laughs> here's the... Okay, so I was a fan of Harley Quinn as a comic book character way before Margot Robbie ever played her. And in fact, Margot Robbie playing her put Margot Robbie on my radar. Um, I'd seen her in Wolf of Wall Street, but I hadn't seen anything else, uh, really. Like, I hadn't seen, like, the Tarzan movie that had come out or anything mm-hmm. like that yet. Um, but uh, basically, the genesis of Harley Quinn as a character is that she's a psychiatrist that falls in love with Joker when uh, he is locked up at Arkham Asylum. She, he manipulates her because she is falling in love with him. Um, and then she, he turns her in, he puts her in a vat of uh, Ace Chemicals acid and makes her kind of go crazy, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's the genesis of the character. And Got then it. she becomes the Harlequin to mm-hmm. Joker. And, you know, Harlequins serve a master, and they're there, you know, just to serve. And so the, the, the process that Harlequin goes through to become more independent that started with the Amanda Connor, Jimmy Palmiotti run of uh, Harley Quinn in the comics 
is really resonant on film with Birds of Prey. That's the journey she goes through. And so to see somebody who is seen as uh, can't be independent, is seen as someone who uh, is dependent upon other people entirely, and have her go through this really independent journey and also find uh, you know strength through female friendships... That's rad. That's a rad movie. <laughs> and if it and it doesn't feel like a superhero movie to me. It feels so independent of anything like that. And it's shot entirely like like a rad like kind of like almost campy movie, but it's like amazing. Like like you guys got to see it. Right. <laughs> and there's a lot of parallels in my opinion between that and I Tanya, which I would love to get into once y'all have seen it. <laughs> so yeah, that is my uh soapbox for Birds of Prey and the discourse <laughs> around it is my screaming. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh so I have a lot of passion about it similar to Molly's game. This is uh and we didn't get to talk about how much I loved Bombshell because I, know. I, wasn't I, t- on I the told show. everybody though. Don't worry. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I told them the makeup in Bombshell was so good. Awesome. I told yeah. everybody your love for it. Yeah, I really liked it, but I love Birds of Prey more. You know? Okay. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. But, like, my favorite genre of movie, though, plays into Birds of Prey. It's the biopic that's at a very specific time in history, <laughs> like, where it's, like, uh, like just capturing a moment of mm-hmm. someone's life who's probably not a great person as the protagonist. <laughs> so you look at, you know, uh, Molly's Game, you know, questionable mm-hmm. integrity at the beginning mm-hmm. of it. You look at I, Tanya, You look at Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. Um, you look at that whole genre. And I think Birds of Prey really plays into that. It's kind of shot and made like one of those movies with that kind of unreliable narrator, mm-hmm. that little bit of mm-hmm. chaos, except it's just a totally fictitious event. So I think that's one of the reasons I respond to it so well. But also I saw this thing on Twitter. There was like a trans guy who was talking about how much Birds of Prey meant to him. And I was like, man, like I, I feel that. Like I really feel that because it's like my life experience has been informed by people treating me like a woman uh, up for the first 24 years of my life. And so it's kind of impossible for me to not feel excited uh, seeing, like, female ensemble films and mm-hmm. seeing female friendship really be at the heart of a film like that. Like, it deeply resonates because it's, like, an underdog story in that way. So there's no trans guys in Birds of Prey, but it resonates me on a very deep level. Mm-hmm. And I think something that Birds of Prey does brilliantly is its portrayal of misogyny. I have never seen a movie get that right so well because it shows the vitriol of like people's hatred of women and how that manifests and how toxic that feels and you know it can be applied to a lot of groups but specifically in the way that it portrays like these sexist dudes who are like messing things up for everybody i'm trying not to swear but um (laughs) it's it's deeply resonant Uh and i feel very passionate in in its authenticity in that way I've never seen that in a movie before. Every time I think I've seen it all, then there's an, a new movie that comes along, usually starring Margot Robbie again, <laughs> that, uh, that really resonates in that way. And so I love Birds of Prey. I hope everybody sees it. I've seen it four times. I will see it a fifth time with all of you. <laughs> <That's wonderful>. <laughs> and rant. <laughs> Aaron, do you have anything? <laughs> Is this just movies? No, no anything. First. TV? Only, yeah, I'm, I, I review TV, and so that's my thing. Actually, you know what? No, I'm not going to go TV. I'm going to go with a movie that... Is not new, mm. uh, but it's one I saw recently. Okay. Um, and it is called The Spy Who Dumped Me. And I'm okay. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm Mila Kunis and Kate McKinnon. Yes. Yeah. Is this a scene it or, or screen it or scream it? This is a Are you angry at it? it? I am not okay. angry at it. I thought I was going to be angry at it. Okay. I watched it because I was sick. It was one of those like, yeah, I just need have, something. Yeah. yeah. And at the end, I had to sit with it because there are. Sp- <laughs> it's supposed to be like a fun, like whatever movie, but obviously every movie is making some kind of statement. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the statement that really came through on this one uh, was the female friendship, mm-hmm. and it was strong. 
Mm-hmm. And I just really liked that that was like the center of mm-hmm. it all. And I know that that is probably super basic, but I was totally going into this movie thinking, like dumb, I'm going to hate this movie. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's what I thought it was going to uh, be. And yeah, there were the dumb parts. There mm-hmm. always are. Um, and it's not Every like the movie cinematography. Has a dumb part. Right. It's not like <laughs> the know, cinematography. I'm was glad like there was amazing. something you could sure. take away from that. Yeah. But it was, yeah, I, I really felt like afterwards, I was just like, that was incredible. And I hope that people watch it even just to pay attention to that. Well, and there's an authenticity when a movie is directed and written by women. Yeah. Uh, Birds of Prey shares that, for the record. Um, <laughs> and uh, there's, But there's an authenticity when like a, a group that's been marginalized or not allowed to participate or have a seat at the table, they finally get their shot. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of pressure for those movies to perform extremely mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. But um, when you allow people to lean into their authentic voice... And, and unlock their, you know, superpowers, mm-hmm. you, you can always be surprised by what comes out because they have a specific point of view that's usually not been seen before and it feels fresh and it feels exciting. Yeah. Um, so I love that that resonated for you. Mm-hmm. I have another uh, screen it. Okay. <laughs> All right. um, sex education. Okay. Yes. Yeah. <gasps> oh, it's so good. I love it. <laughs> uh, like is people, that on Prime right ne- now? Netflix. 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 Oh. Yeah. It's oh so God. good. I've seen it. I, I have not seen it. I saw it on Netflix. Oh, but. you got to watch it, man. I I've mean, heard good things. It, I... I just, it's delightful and I love it and it makes me cry and it makes me like excited. And like my fiance and I were like watching, we were like on the edge of our seats like the whole time. And we just care about like these little, like these little sex obsessed teenagers. I don't know. It's like, it's so, it's so lovely. And it's not at all what I experienced. No. Like the openness of sex education between uh, like parent and child and stuff like that. No. Which is, there's a I little shame around that in my house. Schools, <laughs> like there's not a, yeah, there's shame around bodies. There's shame around sex. And this is a completely different perspective and it seems so natural and And every normal. character is wonderful um, and you're <laughs> in love with all of them. Like they're so. And they're not simple at all. They're no. not simple characters. They are very. Uh, like, like rounded layered. out, well thought. Yeah, yeah. layered. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Lori Nunn has done a, an amazing job with the show, and I and I feel like I'm late to the party because I only watched after season two came out, and like one of my producers was like, "Hey, you got to watch this. You should I've, watch this. I've been you hearing watch that a lot lately. Mm-hmm. You can never be too late. No, I know, and it's it's just such a wonderful show, and I can't wait for season three to come out. But it's like very reminiscent of John Hughes in in a lot of ways, really, but like mm-hmm. with updated values. I would say, mm-hmm. like very much reflecting the zeitgeist, but also if you watch that show, you don't know what time period it's set in and mm. I absolutely love that everybody's dressed like they're from the 80s um, <laughs> but like everybody has smartphones and right. it's like this like picturesque like <laughs> town in uh, somewhere in the UK and I'm like I don't know where this is <laughs> and I, I don't know what time it's set in but it's oh absolutely God, it sounds wonderful. like Napoleon Dynamite yeah <laughs> I would, yeah. yeah I mean, I, I get that. Oh, yeah. I get that. Where you watch that movie, and you're just like, when is this? Where is right. this? What's happening? Mm-hmm. What? What? There's wow. Good, I, haven't I, seen, I haven't seen Napoleon Dynamite uh, in a long time. I was very wow. confused. I love that movie, but when I first saw it in theaters, I was just like, I don't know mm-hmm. when that was supposed yeah. to be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have no idea what time period that was. Well, in every character, I still don't know. And every character is just wonderful, and it's it's such an enjoyable thing. And it's I, so smart. It's it so smart. Everything, but not in your face. Which yes. I love. There is a subtlety to it, and it represents the diversity of experiences. And I'm just like, wow, I've never fe- felt so excited by like a, a, a TV show. I haven't right. felt that excited about a TV show in a long time. Not that there's not great TV coming out, mm-hmm. but it just personally resonates in yeah. like such a way. You just liked it that much. And yeah. people are turned okay. off by the title, and that's ridiculous, and just watch it. I mean, okay. that is probably <laughs> the, the reason I clicked on it. I was like, right. sex education. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like there so, was yeah. a movie outlet called that, too, or something very similar. I don't know. Anyways. Okay. That's it. I yeah. don't know. I don't got it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. 
Um, okay, well, thank you guys for coming on and talking to us about the film incentive and your projects and explaining it to us, dumb dumbs. Yes, yeah. um, super appreciate it. And come on again when you Both watch of Birds you, of Prey. Please, please have yeah. me back on. Oh, well, we're going together, right? Yes, <laughs> we're going to do a whole podcast on uh, Margot Robbie and Diane Lane. Oh my oh, god! You need like then, a series. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think any of us would get to talk. I know. Right? It listen, would just be sad. Listen. <laughs> That's true. Uh, <laughs> add Jessica Chastain in there and you have the perfect trifecta. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys so much. Thank, thank you. you.